Conversation series where V and I sit down and have the type of conversation you would have on a red eye flight late at night when the world is asleep. All sorts of thoughts can pop into your mind, and we keep things thoughtful and entertaining as we discuss these ideas. Today, we've got a lot of sports topics for you, uh, but let's start with Jaw Morant, or as the internet is calling him, Jaw Warrant, or Jaw Warrant, uh, for um, some of the trouble he seems to have gotten himself into, flashing a gun on Instagram. Um, shooting that video in a strip club in Colorado while he was at an away game in a place where that's not allowed. Um, Definitely like, you know, they talk about dating red flags. Like you talk about NBA player red flags as an organization, like definitely a red flag, man, right after the $200 million deal. Yeah. I mean, look, this is a, this is a, a story that isn't, isn't new. Right. It's not the first time you hear about this with professional athletes or in culture or society. Like the bad boy image is something that that that, that crosses all lines in entertainment, right? Yeah. Um, you know, in certain cases like it gets glorified, like the Pete Davidsons of the world get glorified for being bad boys as well. But in a scenario like John Morant's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um and doesn't make a whole lot of sense in a lot of these scenarios because there's nothing in this kid's upbringing that says like that this is how he should be acting or that this is a pattern of behavior that he's had since he was in grade school. The kid went to a private school. Um, his parents are very disappointed. I mean, a lot of people have been trying to come at his dad, but his dad does not want him to 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 behave in this manner or represent this as well and they worked very hard to make sure that their kids had the opportunity and the environment which they didn't have to be surrounded by this but you're finding a kid he's still like i think sometimes what happens is people don't understand that john morant is a child star right he got drafted into the nba at age 19 Mm -hmm. he's only 23 years old he's still trying to figure out his identity and who he is as a human being and despite him being a, from our perspective, a mature individual, he's still going through the same growing pains that everyone's going through in his tw- in their twenties. And I think that this is something that's come from two things. One, you know, I think there's kind of this issue that our, our imposter complex that a lot of people, young folks who become successful like this, feel um, in terms of like having an opportunity, but never really fitting in. Part of the reason that they, becoming NBA players like hitting a lottery, but part of the reason that they were able to get to where they're at is because they were nerds, basketball nerds, in the sense that they weren't necessarily having the same social lives that everybody else was having. When you're talking about kids coming in at 18, 19 years old. And then in addition to that, the environment to which you are drafted matters. Memphis Mm -hmm. is not the best town, um, especially when you're looking for people like looking for problems. That's a city where you can find them. You know, you've seen it in the hip hop community. The number of Memphis rappers 
that have died, the, just the nature you've lived there, the nature of gang culture there. Um, and then also the glorification of it through the music. It's almost like, uh, I wonder how much of this is because he, he got drafted into a city of Memphis as, as an immature kid. And the people that he's surrounded himself and the friends that he's made locally there are people who live this life. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a mistake that I think can be made. And of course he has to be held accountable for it. But kind of what bothers me with this scenario is, is that we want to see the next headline or the next thing that he does wrong versus saying, okay, this is a kid that needs probably needs some help and some guidance because we're not doing that with him. But, you know, it's America is a very interesting place. The first thing that we see when we see one of these crazy folks, um, Caucasian folks go and shoot up a school is, well, what's wrong with the kid's mental health? Where, Where are the problems? We immediately try to dissect where the problem arose from and trying to try to take accountability away from the child. But I feel like in these scenarios, with athletes of color specifically, we look um, to cast blame and judgment versus giving that same kind of grace that we give people who actually commit much more violent crimes. That's what the media tends to do. And I don't know if it's because of the fact that he is a celebrity and he makes $200 million, he has a $200 million contract, that that natural jealousy within human beings is like when something goes wrong, they have to jump on it. But to me, this is a kid that is crying for help. I don't know what the problem is, but this is a kid who's who's kind of lost in his personal life, not on the basketball court, but in his personal life. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a really great point. It's, it's important to always have the empathy for what the other person is going through in a situation like this. And I think it's a really relatable situation he's going through for everybody because we've all been in our early 20s and tried on different identities um, where I think it's a bit problematic is like i think from a street street smarts perspective you've if if he's really from the street like that you got to be smarter than that you know what i'm saying like if he's what he claims to be he's not very good at it and if he's not what he claims to be is a dangerous thing to claim in any context and so like from that lens i think whatever he's going through He's chosen to go through it in a way that it puts his life at risk legitimately and it puts his career at risk legitimately. And I think that is that is something that whether the media treats you differently or doesn't treat you differently, I just think you gotta be aware of that. Like it's 2023. Like as as a black athlete, especially like somebody who loves to talk shit on the court, like you gotta bring the Steph Curry image off the court to match it. Otherwise, people are gonna come after you. And I think that's like it's just one of those things that yeah, easier said than done. It's very hard to, you know, conduct yourself like perfectly all the time. But like at the end of the day, like Skip Bayless brought up a really valid point, which is he said, how do we know he's not in a gang? And I think the fact that you can even ask that question means that Ja really needs to consider the position he's putting himself into. I mean, it's and it goes down to where does the accountability lie here? And the truth is, and I saw a pretty cool interview with Jada Kiss um, earlier earlier this week where he was calling out record labels and he was calling out the culture of glorifying this. I know a lot of kids who throw up gang signs, do this type of stuff because it's they think it's cool. They don't really know what it means. And again, you're talking about a kid who's trying to find an identity. 
who probably was called corny, was called the private school kid, was called a lot of names trying to figure out his identity. And what Skip said is accurate. Like, maybe he is. And this is also something that happens. It's it's something this guy in Chris Brown in trouble is the guy didn't come, grow up in a gang household. He was a child star at the time he was 14. But once he got famous, he felt the need to start associating and being part of gang culture, whether it was because he felt he needed it for protection initially. And then it turned into now he's like, he, he's pretty much full out claims that he's a blood. It's like these things also happen where these guys come famous and then they almost want to get that identity. It's very clear that this isn't how Jaws built. Like to your point at the beginning of what you were saying is like, he's not a street dude. He's not cut from that cloth. He doesn't know how to operate like that. If, if he was, we wouldn't know. Like yeah. that's the reality, right? A real street dude, you would never know. You, it would yeah. be suspicious, but it would be a different kind. It wouldn't be so blatant. Like on my Instagram live, look at this gun industry. Yeah. Bar. It's he's doing stuff to show that that's, that he is that type of person. Anybody who's really that type of person, I don't know. Culture has changed. Some of these these younger younger gangsters are pretty. They do everything for Instagram, right? Like I've yeah. seen Instagram lives where they're recording their robberies. So there's a lot of <laughs> stupid criminality going on. I don't want to discount that. You're, you're like at the same time, you can, be, you can be a bad gangster. Yeah, you can be. And I think I think that the guy really has to do some soul searching, and the people that are around him too. This is also what happens when a young kid becomes kind of the source of everybody in the family's success. Even the people that probably traditionally held him accountable aren't holding him as accountable because he's paying their bills. He's changing their lifestyle. He's changing their social circles. You know, that also happens is like the thing that, you know, that LeBron always had and what has kept him out of trouble and he gives credit to is he had people around him that no matter how successful he became, were not scared to tell him the truth about himself. We're not scared to tell him like, look, bro, your life is going in the wrong direction. You're making some poor decisions. That was not a very good decision for you to make. You have to take accountability for that. The accountability aspect is what gets lost, especially if you take accountability away from a 19, 20, 21 year old when they're first developing it and they give them zero accountability. That's why we see these issues it's not just in basketball it's in hollywood it's in the music industry it's in all these cultures where because somebody generates profit for you and helps make you money you lose sight of the fact that you have a responsibility if you say you're their friend their parent or someone that actually cares about them that your responsibility isn't just to be around for when he's making big shots but also to be there and when he makes these mistakes and actually hold him accountable for them. Yeah. And I, I think the the complication is we don't know what conversations are being had. So I think like I I don't like the criticism about family members in this situation yeah. because we just don't know what they're trying and what they're not trying and you know what the relationship is and we just don't know all of that stuff. But I think there's strong irony in the fact that if Ja had actually grown up in a community with a gang, he's from Memphis, right? He's actually from there. I'm not sure if he's from there, but he's from somewhere uh, similar, right? In terms of like crime. Yeah, but yeah, but he's not. He He grew up wealthy. But my point being, had he grown up in a place where there was a lot of gang activity for his basketball skills, he would have specifically been looked after by the gangs and told not to join. 
and told to go out and excel, right? That's what happens in a lot of gang communities is that the kids with incredible athletic talent are looked out for and our people make sure they don't get involved in any of the crimes or any of the issues because they want to see their people succeed. And Jaws is kind of making the opposite decision here where he's already found success in a major way. And in a sense, like he's looking for, like you said, it's identity. Um, But I think it's like, at the same time, like, is it like a degree of like self-sabotage? Well, I think this comes from when you watch him on the basketball court, it's pretty clear to see how this could happen. He plays with the chip on his shoulder. He has an attitude. He was the underdog. He had to go, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't the blue collar McDonald's all American top 20 expected to make it to the NBA. He had to go to a small school. He plays with that chip. And sometimes, and I know this when I was younger, that it builds a complex where you, anytime you feel challenged, you have to try to prove that you're tougher than you are or that you have to prove yourself. So I can see how this could happen, you know. Um, That's but a good I, point. But you know, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's definitely those things where are you solution oriented or are you problem oriented? There clearly are a lot of problems here, a lot of red flags, a lot of things that need to be solved by the organization. But the thing that frustrates me about these scenarios is I know real gangsters, right? And every single one of them that has come up and been successful, they don't, the whole point of doing the things that they do is to get to the point that they have the amount of, that you don't have to. And John Morant has $200 million guaranteed coming to him. And for him then to take on the persona of like, I want to, you know, carry guns around higher armed security dude like this is not it's not it doesn't make a lot of sense and that's why you have to dig deeper and say what in our culture influences these things and the thing is we live in a violent culture like the most popular shows are drug dealing shows the most you know the most popular music is violent music like these are things to to say that they don't have any impact on the development of the psychology of, of folks and, Oh, it's all on the parents. I hate that statement. It is on the parents. The parents do bear a lot of responsibility for how their children develop, but it's also, I think there has to be some sort of societal responsibility that I think is being muddied more and more. Like I couldn't get into R rated movies when I was, when I was a teenager. Now it's no big deal. Like even cussing and parental advisory stickers and none of that stuff seems to mean anything anymore it's just like our kids can get exposed to whatever they want you can watch these videos on youtube you can see there's so many youtube videos of like guys going through showing off their flashy lifestyle showing off guns showing off money like if that's what you're influenced by and that's told to be cool then it's natural like i hate when people say oh i can't understand he's so stupid it's like yes he is stupid but he's also a kid and he's making stupid decisions that could lead to consequences just like many other stupid kids. It just so happens that he's, he's a rich athlete. And so it's like the alarm bells within the organization, within his family. And this is where the family is important. When you see somebody that you care about making poor decisions and they don't have anybody to help steer them in the right direction, they're just going to keep making bad decisions. So that's where like my point about family, it's not saying oh, this is T. Morant's fault because he's always on the court, you know, but he's not, we don't know what he's saying to John, what he's not. It's from everything I've seen, he's clearly very disappointed in this behavior. Um, 
but there is a question of like, what are you doing um, to help your child or your son? Just because he's John Morant doesn't mean you don't have the responsibilities anymore to hold him accountable like yeah. a human being and not like he's a superstar that does that the regular rules of life don't apply to it. Yep. You know, it's a great point and it's his life. He has the full yep. choice to be able to explore any path he wants to, you know, yeah, even, even if this is the path he wants, this is what he wants. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's what he's looking for from a lived experience. So there's no judgment we can pass on it. All we can say is from a surface level that it seems like a dumb decision. But yeah. if it leads to him being a happier, better version of himself, then it's definitely the right path, you know? And that's 100 percent. 100%, 100%, 100%. And like the consequences, you bear the cons- ultimate consequences of your own decisions, you know? Yeah. It's just it's very unfortunate when you have the opportunity uh, in life um, to make so much, so much better and you don't. So that's really yep. where the, I think the frustrations for the people who are commenting on this really are it's like dude you have the opportunity to do so much better with your life why would you throw it away yeah and especially because he's super likable like everyone likes him and so it's just like it's even tougher when you like somebody and you see that but you know moving on um jaw i think it'll be interesting to see how this folds this may be the inflection point and then he might just figure it out and then continue being great at basketball so this might turn into a non-story pretty soon um but also wanted to jump over to the lakers while we're at it um, LeBron's out with a foot injury. Um, he is actually like, there was a tweet I want to, I want to get your take on that. He tweeted yesterday V before we jump into AD. Um, Bron obviously just chilling, watching TV or whatever, put up a tweet yesterday saying, man, Bronny is better than most of these dudes I'm watching on league pass. What do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, you know, if LeBron wonders why people, the people that don't like him, don't like him. That's uh, <laughs> it's things like this, right? He <laughs> is, this is so outlandish. Like it, it, to say, it's like him saying I'm the best that's ever played. Like he always, it's like, I get it. You love your son. You want, you want him to, it's almost like he's like, forcing his way into a league and it's like by any means necessary it's not through merit he doesn't care if it's about merit or not it is like if if a team drafts my son just because they know i'm going to play there then i, I then they're going to draft him for that so from a parent perspective you understand that but it's like what type of monster are you potentially creating in your son if everything he does is he's not an nba ready player right now if he came to the nba and played tomorrow he would get washed. So <laughs> I saw this um, rendering that was him and Bronny both in magic jerseys, and it had me just laughing so loud because <laughs> it's yeah, like I mean, I mean that's possible. That's a possibility. You know what I mean? That's a heavy possibility. Why, why would you be? Why aren't you focused on your team making a playoffs versus talking waxy yeah. poetic? And so it's that, like he that I think. Finish your thought and then let's segue because I think that's such a great segue to our topic. Yeah, I was just saying, why is that where your 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 focus is? I get supporting your your son and everything, but it's like, and I also understand. I think LeBron is has this thought in his head. It's like this is what, um, you know, rich white parents would do for their kids. Why wouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't I cre- take advantage of every advantage that's created for me? And I think there's a thinking there that he's trying to implement, but sometimes the execution of it is poor because sometimes LeBron still has his slip ups. He's a child star too. So he gets the logic, 
but then his execution of it is a little cringe sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, that, that's definitely it's definitely true. And it's like from his lens, like maybe he's thinking Bronny reads the game better than a lot of athletes in the NBA, and that could be very very true. But I think that from um, an overall standpoint, like you're right, there is a body development phase that needs to occur. Um, but what? is the cause for LeBron's distraction away from the Lakers. Well, it's the fact that they're in year, what, five, four of his tenure there, and they still are just absolute garbage. And in this phase when he's out, this is the real moment. I saw some folks posting about this saying, like, this is like, this is really the time for Anthony Davis to prove what he's worth. And I think, um, I don't remember if it was Shannon or somebody less less higher profile saying this on one of the, one of the sports networks, but they were saying that they felt that this was kind of a um, evaluation moment for the Lakers to decide if they're going to blow everything up or not, is how well does a team with just AD do? Well, I think, you know, the biggest issue with AD, and this is the frustrating thing, I think, is like, I've never questioned his performance on the court when he plays, right? I'm not worried about whether he's going to step up and perform how Anthony Davis is supposed to perform. If you look at the numbers, the numbers are always going to be good. Issue with Anthony Davis is, does he have those other characteristics that matter um, beyond performance? You know what I mean? That comes to leading a team. And it's very curious and interesting because, you know, if you talk to people in NBA circles, there are a lot of players that don't want to play with LeBron. And the reason is because he's such a dominant ego. He dictates everything on and off the court. And some guys just don't want to share that. They want to be their own leaders, you know? And it seemed like AD had the personality type where he's a good match for LeBron's personality because he's a little bit more quiet. He doesn't care as much about being the vocal leader of the team. So logically, I think that 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 thought process is flawed because. Anthony Davis isn't tasked to be the leader. He was brought in to be the performer while LeBron was the leader. And I think sometimes we get caught up in LeBron's numbers alone, especially in the last few years. Yeah, he's putting up. It's just like what I don't see is why we don't have the same criticism of LeBron that we have of Russell Westbrook. It doesn't matter what numbers you put up if your team isn't winning games, right? And so I, 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 I'm try to shy away from the Anthony Davis thing because I think the biggest issue with him from a Lakers perspective is staying on the court. When he's on the court, he always performs. The issue really comes down to the question of are the numbers that LeBron is LeBron still as effective as he was as a Cavalier? And I don't think that's the case. I don't care about the numbers, right? Like anybody, there's so many people that can stuff the stat sheet and I don't want to undermine LeBron's role as like one of the two or three greatest players of all time. I always give that context, but I think there is something to be said of the fact that despite that team doing everything and giving him everything that he wants, because they have D'Angelo Russell now too, it's always some sort of excuse that's not centered around LeBron as to why the team isn't performing. But the responsibility is on the greatest player. Like if Michael Jordan played on the Bulls and they didn't, Perform the one year that they got beat by the Magic in the playoffs that year, the questions arose of whether Michael Jordan was still 
a competitor. And he answered that question the next year by taking him to three straight championships again. But that's the kind of the lingering question as LeBron goes toward this phase of his career. That championship is almost forgotten. It was a short, shortened season. How much of this is on him? You know? Well, I think this is actually an area where, where I feel the opposite, which is interesting because having I just saw them in person play. And I got to say, like, having seen LeBron in each stage of his tenure, I never seen him make more impact on the court. But to me, it's like, I agree with your perspective in terms of why isn't it working. But I think that it's a pretty much kind of universal conclusion that LeBron is not great when you let him make every choice of how the team's constructed. Like, he doesn't understand what works for him as well as others have in the past. Yeah. And I think it's very, it's, it's not just that it's very important for him to have. And we said this in the John Morant conversation for him to have people that he respects that are willing to challenge his thought. You look at like, like Rondo being in the locker room, like folks. And, and to your point, just want to add, he doesn't respect people for athleticism. He only respects them if they know the game as well as he does. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing is I think that there's a, there's, there's a, there's a bridge here. And, and I think there, my point is that if you have D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Davis, and you're LeBron James, one of the two or three greatest players ever that's, to play the game. That's a big three. You, why aren't you, you, you have no excuse not to make the playoffs and be competitive. That's my point. It's like a strict liability thing. I know it's yeah. later in his career, but if you look at his numbers, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. Are these hollow numbers that we're seeing if the team can't be competitive. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, I think I think the numbers would probably hold if AD's still playing well, right? But I think, like, for me, it, the, the question is, number one, will we ever see AD be able to last through a whole season? No. And then, number two, like, can this team build any semblance of chemistry and flow? before they get to even playoff season, right? And it's like, LeBron's out for the next, what, 20 games with his foot thing? They're more than likely in the in the, in the, uh, the Webby sweepstakes in the lottery. That's what I'm saying. They're probably, they probably ship the season out. Like, it, LeBron has a foot injury. Does he really have an injury that requires him to be out the whole season? Like, we've seen this before with him, where he shuts it down early when the team isn't promising. Um so, I mean, I think that's definitely a concern, right? I think that's definitely something that is worthwhile to be critical of as a fan or as, as an outside viewer. Like, hey, like, this doesn't really look like you care about winning right now. And maybe, yeah, you only, you, maybe yeah. he doesn't. And maybe he's pissed that they didn't get Kyrie Irving. You know, D'Angelo Russell isn't the guy that he wanted on his team. He's probably pissed that Kyrie Irving is now in his conference and KD is now in his conference and he's looking around. And he's seeing, he's basically like, okay, I'm not, he's a very smart guy. He's probably like, my team's not going to compete. I'm at the end of my career. Um, If we were really competitive, I'm sure he would probably be be back sooner. Just like Patrick Mahomes, if that injury happened um, to his ankle happened earlier in the season, he probably might have missed two or three games. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's kind of where the desire, and this has happened in multiple steps in in LeBron's career, is is that he has um, he has done this in that series against the Celtics his last year in Cleveland. 
if you look at the stats and the numbers, it looks like he had another amazing game. But if you actually watched the game, you could tell that his effort wasn't there. He was ready for the season to be over, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and he has, he has many of those. You you can see it visually when he's engaged mentally and when he's not, when he's already, you know, lost in his mind. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's just a nature, you know, every player has his flaws and, and, that might be one of his kind of Achilles heels as to why LeBron doesn't have seven or eight championships um, and really have the conclusive goat argument yeah. because the talent is there for him to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just a matter of, um, I, it's just it, the Lakers become the center centerpiece of the NBA storyline. And, and I think it's time we've had this conversation before we're missing out on so many other great storylines by focusing in on a not so important storyline. They're not one of the better teams. So we don't need to talk about them. I know LeBron drives, drives traffic, but we're missing out on the 16 game win streak that the bucks just had. That was snap. We're missing out on the New York Knicks and how well they're playing. We're missing out on the Phoenix Suns story. Really? We're, we're, we're missing out on, the Nuggets story and the fact that Jokic is probably going to win uh, MVP for the third time. It's like, I am really, really waiting for the centerpiece of the NBA narrative, not to be around um, LeBron until the team becomes better. Cause I think when the team is good, yeah, it's great to have him as the primary storyline, but almost just feels like we're wasting time discussing a team. That's not that relevant just because LeBron James is on. it. That's a great point. And, you know, to to mention one of the interesting storylines brewing, there was some tension between Luka and Devin Booker after the Suns-Mavs game and led to a little, little altercation, which is, you love it in sports. Um, I'm I'm stoked for these two teams to go head-to-head in the playoffs. I think Mavs-Suns, to me, is like, that's where the energy is in the West. I'm over the Warriors. I'm so bored with watching them play. Like, let's let's see some, like, real ballers go and like that's what luca Kyrie, katie d book chris paul bring to the table like they go off every game yeah it'll be very interesting to see if if golden state can put it together obviously they're the deepest most talented team but i do think the suns are probably the odds on favorite the suns and 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 the nuggets are the two best teams we cannot forget about how good this nuggets team is and is performing you know we'll see how they perform in the playoffs I have some concerns about Dallas because the record doesn't show doesn't doesn't reflect uh, reflect what you would expect with Luca Luca on the team. The Clippers seem to be in decline, so it really looks like this is shaping up to be uh, a, a Phoenix Phoenix um, Denver Dallas. Um, I don't know if Memphis will get it together. Golden Those, State will find their way. Yeah, they They'll will have it together. Yeah. But, but here's my here's my thing, bro. It's not interesting to just watch one dude run around, just throw the ball haphazardly from anywhere, and it always goes in. That's like boring as fuck. So to me, Steph Curry ruined basketball. <laughs> he and it's not it's not his fault. He's just too talented for the sport. He should switch to golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the moment the NBA made a lot of decisions to de-emphasize defense, and I think. Not understanding it's it's really an entertainment. I mean, every game is one thirty to one twenty five. So even like the criticism, the thing, the reason Golden State really wins championships though is they're usually top five in defensive efficiency every year, as well. So that's the thing that people don't. He, despite Steph's flaws, they surrounded him 
with players that actually play defense. Um, and there's a discipline. And, and typically, if you look at the finals, you know, you will see that the two teams that are in the finals also are very, very at the top defensively, not just offensively. Yeah. It's always been something that I don't understand. And it makes you understand how much of this is entertainment driven by these owners. They'd rather have an exciting product than an effective product. And the exciting product makes money, sells jerseys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just don't see, unless I don't see Luca and Kyrie really, they're going to be fun to watch in the playoffs, but I don't, I feel like this Mavericks team has gotten worse from last year than better. They're more exciting to watch, to your point. Like, it's really exciting to watch Luca and Kyrie do their thing. Yeah. But that's, that's not, what I watch basketball for. I'm not watching it to see this perfect combination of passing and strategy. Like, I'm watching it to see people do things that are sick that are like um like amazing from like a physicality body movement you know from that perspective but, you, but, but I just, don't like Steph but I don't like Steph because yeah, I was about to say that just he's too good he's too you. good at it bro he's gotten to a level of skill that genuinely is a cheat code and I think like I'm it's amazing and I highly respect Steph as a basketball player, but it's boring because his game just it's it's just like defenses have to overcompensate to such a degree. It's just like it's either a super easy three for him or a layup. And it's just like if someone could stop Steph at all, I would find the NBA more interesting. But as long as the Warriors are there, basically unbeatable as usual, it's just like, what are we watching this for? I would, I would love if the NBA brought hand checking back because I think it would really show who's really built for this versus who's not. You know, and it it would just make for a more entertaining game. <laughs> I like seeing the competitive energy between the, the Mavs and the Suns. I think a lot of that is is lacking. It's like video game. We're watching video games and. I'm kind of the opposite. I love seeing the great players be great, but I also would like to see the great players get their ass knocked on the ground every once in a while and say, you're not going to do, you're not going to show me up. Um, yeah. A little know, bit of think, toughness. Yeah. I think if Steph, if there, if, if Steph played in the nineties leagues, he would definitely, um, I, I hear what you're saying. Cause he annoys me sometimes too. Cause he's so cocky too. It's, it's like, it's not his fault either. Yeah. Like I fully appreciate and respect him being exactly who he is. Like I wouldn't want him to change a thing. Yeah. I just, I just think that's his fault. Yeah. It's just somebody should challenge him. Give him a, give him an elbow here and there. That's what I'm saying. If somebody yeah. like threw a dirty shot at Steph, the league would get more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously like, I mean, and it it wouldn't be unwarranted considering how many dirty shots Draymond throws every single game. And honestly, honestly, but they can't. uh, To your point, like they can't really play like that because the league doesn't want them to play like that. No, especially at the guard level. There's no physicality at that position anymore. No, zero. It's just like you watch me shoot threes. I watch you shoot threes. Yeah, you know that's that's really. And it's it. like you don't want to see guards get injured either. Like I don't want to see people encroaching in his shot zone or anything. Like I don't want to see feet under him when he lands. That shit's whack. Like if you're gonna be physical, be physical. You know. But yeah, it, it, Patrick Beverly does do a good job in in a situation like that. Like I wish we had a couple more Patrick Beverleys in the league. Mm-hmm. Like a Lance Stevenson I, type. And honestly, I mean. 
you know, we also miss out. Like my favorite player in the league is Giannis right now. Um, all around, on and off the court, that's hilarious. Great basketball player. His team continues to perform every year. You don't hear all these excuses and complaints when things don't go right. Oh, I wish I got this player and I didn't get him. Like he just shows up, plays basketball, has fun doing it, and they, uh, doesn't they take himself win. too soon. They yeah. could win this year. Easily could. I mean, yeah. I, m- my guess is it's going to be a Bucks Suns final again, um, and we will see. We will see the Suns' exact revenge this time around <laughs> with KD on your team. Like, D-book I mean, it's double. No excuse, it's bro. it's a double revenge, right? Because the Brooklyn they beat the, the Bucks too. Yeah, they yeah. knocked out the Nets, so it, it creates a very interesting storyline. So, man, I I. I don't know how I feel about the superpowered Suns now. Like you can't. Katie has this knack of just going to the team that was in the finals the last year. Yeah, even though this time it was two years removed, right? Was it two years removed? Because remember, Dallas beat the Phoenix last year. No. Yeah, it wasn't. Who played it the won. finals last year? Uh, the finals. This is crazy. That do you even Golden remember State. who won? It's Golden State. They won again. Yeah, they won last year. It was Golden yeah, this State. Is what I'm saying. It's not even interesting. Like, what yeah. am I watching 82 games of load management for to then just watch Steph win in the finals? What was are we it, doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we like Kawhi load manages for the playoffs and they lose the first round. So it's like yeah. he skipped 20 games to lose. So great. The Clippers are out. You know what I'm saying? Like, LeBron always has these aging. So he's doing that weird phantom injury thing. So Lakers are trash. You know, like, what the are we thing doing? That, you know what though I, it, it's this is sad but was it Miami that they played in the final who was the uh, Eastern Conference finals Bro, team I like? can't remember that's sad I can't remember is there nine. even a good team no it was Boston it was Boston Boston it was Boston <laughs> uh, that, yeah and then fucking Boston's coach just decides to fuck everybody <laughs> <laughs> blows up that team the first team that was actually challenging them but they're playing really well under this new coach you just got an extension so it seems That's like they good. they're better for it maybe, maybe increase some trust in the locker room yeah <laughs> they're not worried. They're not worried about the coach coming after their wives <laughs> anymore. Well, on that note, I think we're at the end of this end of this red eye segment. I guess hopefully basketball will be different this year. Otherwise, we have nothing to do yeah. till football Ex- season. Exciting, exciting NBA times. We, we're going to have to have a conversation at some point about how sad college basketball has become. But we'll save that for another. They still play basketball in college. <laughs> <laughs> we will we will we'll have that conversation when we'll we do have next week time. yeah yep. a little march madness yeah 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 all right well as always stay moving be you you is fly have a great rest of your week Cowboys out. Cowboys out. Cowboys out.